All right, well, we're going to go ahead and jump into the message this morning. Last week, we started a brand new series called Wait For It. Uh, it's a five-week series, or at least that's what I got planned so far. So we'll be taking this throughout the entire month of July and then move on to some different things as we move forward. And here's the deal. Like, as we looked at it last week, as we kind of talked about it last week, you know, we talk about waiting on the Lord. I know that's not necessarily like one of those like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy messages, but I will say this, I believe that as we are looking at this message together, I really do believe that this is a very timely message for us as individuals. I mean, just talking to you and sharing life with many of you, like I feel like this is a very pertinent time to hear a message or a series like this, but also for our church. Um, we have a situation where there's a lot trying to, to be birthed and a lot of things starting to come forth. And, and I'll be honest with you, it, it's taken longer than I wish it would have. But I know that God has a plan and God's timing is perfect and God is doing some things in us and what he wants to do through us at this time during this season of waiting on him and waiting on what he has for us. And here's what I've learned in my own life. I know many of you could share this same sentiment. Like when I've basically looked at it and I know it's a waiting season, I basically said, you know what, God, I don't care. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to duck my head down and kind of plow through. That's when I've really gotten some issues in my life. That's really when I've hurt myself and others in a lot of ways because I've said, you know what, God, I'm not interested in your timing. I'm interested in Aaron's timing and doing it Aaron's way. And when that's happened, things have really gotten, you know, messy in my life. But when I've stepped back and said, okay, God, I'll wait. God, I don't like it. It's not fun. It's not easy, but I'll wait. When those things have come together in God's way, in God's timing, it's really changed some things. And so, again, as we talked about last week, really the purpose of this series is to really, really do some mind shifting, really change some things, because I know how most of us are. Now, maybe you're not this way. If you're not, you're in the very small percentage of people that like to wait, but most of us don't. Most of us don't like those things, but I believe when it comes to waiting on the Lord, waiting for what he has for us, God really wants to change our mindset on this. We talked a little bit about this last week, but really how we want to look at this when we're all said and done, and we've kind of said it a little bit differently last week when we're going to say it this week, is this idea that waiting on the Lord isn't a curse. It really is a blessing. And that's hard to get our head around. Because, you know, what we want it now, don't we? We don't want to wait, we want it now. I always, when I think about those, those words, I always go back to the original. Do not talk about that, that weird Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movie that came out a couple years ago with Johnny Depp. That does not count. Mm -mm. The original with Gene Wilder. I mean, you know, that's, I'm showing my age, I'm sure. But you know what? And there's a little Veruca Salt, is that her name? Yeah, Veruca and she sang that little song. I don't know about you, but as I saw that as a kid, I just didn't like that little girl. I knew that was her job, like she was a really good actress, and she would sit there and she'd sing a song, she says, I want it now, I want it now. And finally, you know, the little thing opens up and the bag egg things, and bloop, bloop, you know. You're all gonna go watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, aren't you? Good, I like that one. Don't, don't, not the Johnny Depp one, the good one, okay? And I always think about that, you know, and it's funny because in that song, she wants it now. And if she doesn't get it now, she's going to scream and she's going to kick and she's going to have a fit. And you know what? We watch that and we go, oh, that little brat. Oh, how dare she? She's in Charlie's, she's in the chocolate factory. She's in this wonderful place. And all she cares about is getting it now. 
and I'll be honest with you, I won't speak for you, I'll speak for me. I wonder how many times in my life I've sat there looking up at God and going, God, I want it now. And thankfully, God in his infinite love, grace, and mercy does not put me over a conveyor belt and go, Phoom, and say, bad egg, because I'm acting like one. But I really feel like God wants to shift this in us and get us away from this concept that waiting is a bad thing, and instead it's a blessing. And we talked a little bit about that last week as we kind of opened up our series. This morning, I really want to break it down real simply. I want to help us in this, because here's the deal. I've heard that my whole life. you got to wait on the Lord. We're going to talk about some verses this morning that you are all going to hear I've heard before. But I've always said, like, okay, what does that mean? What does that look like? Why do I have to wait on the Lord? You know, I mean, you talk to a kid, you know, and you always say, we're going to do this. And you know what they typically say? Why? Why? I want to give you the why this morning. I want to give you the why this morning. And then I also want to move in and give you the how. Real simple, but very important this morning as we look at waiting on the Lord. So the first thing we want to look at is that why. Why should I wait on the Lord? Why does God talk about it so much? Why do pastors talk about it so much? Why is this so important in my life? Well, we talked a little bit about it last week, but this morning I want to open it up again and look a little, bit, a little bit deeper of why we should wait on the Lord. If you have your Bibles or your phones or whatever you use, flip them on, turn them on, turn or open them up, whichever you got, to Isaiah 40. This is one of those verses that we see a lot. We hear a lot. Most of you have seen it many, many times. If you've gone to Hobby Lobby and walked the aisles, you've seen it 488,000 times on wood or on porcelain or on plastic or on many, many things. But we're going to look at this this morning because it's a very powerful verse, but it's a verse that sometimes we miss because we've heard it so much. So we're going to dive into this a little bit deeper here. So Isaiah 40, starting with verse number 27 and looking at verse number 31. This is what it says. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Here, here's the deal. Let, let me kind of give you the context here of this verse as we hit kind of in this, this kind of sweet spot of Isaiah 40. Basically, what is happening here is basically we're seeing the people of Israel basically going like, God, I don't understand. God, where are you? God, what's going on? They're in this season really of waiting. They're in this season of where they don't understand why God is taking so long to do things that God promised he would do. And so they're kind of calling out to him. Where are you? What's, why is your way hidden from me? Why don't I know what should come next or what should be the situation that I find in my life? But here's the deal. We continue on with verse number 28. He says, have you not heard? Or have you, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Now listen here. Verse number 29. He gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall, uh, shall fall exhausted. But look, verse number 31, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Father, we 
as we come to you and as we really begin to break these things down. God, I pray that you would help us open our hearts to what the Holy Spirit desires to show us. Father, it's, it's great to have wisdom and, 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 and our own understanding, and that's great, and we need that. But God, I'm asking now for a supernatural understanding, an understanding that can only come from you. Father, as we look at these things, this might seem simplistic, but I know for at least me, God, sometimes the simple things are the things I have the hardest time doing. The things that are more normal and more familiar become difficult. And so, God, I pray that we would put aside the familiarity and instead embrace what you want through your spirit want to communicate to us this morning. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Here in our verse in Isaiah 40, Isaiah really gives us three answers to the why question. He really breaks it down for us and he says here, why do we need to do this? Why do we need to wait on the Lord? And he really gives us three. And three that really seem to be somewhat similar, but very, very different in their application in a lot of ways. And so the first one he says, he says, when we will wait on the Lord, we'll receive strength to fly like eagles. To fly like eagles. I remember, you know, the closest thing that I've ever seen, you know, as far as an eagle has basically been in the zoo. You know, you go to the zoo and you see a bald eagle. You know, and, and it's always interesting because they're always kind of just chilling, you know. But there's something amazing about seeing a bird or maybe a hawk or just a larger bird fly and soar. And the strength that they have in their wings and the ability to basically allow the current to just take them anywhere with, with, with an amazing amount of strength and skill and dive and do all those amazing things. And that's a great thing. We need that strength because even as Isaiah said earlier in the verses, he says, even the young people get tired. Now, you may not see that, but they do. They eventually will wear out. And so he says, even those get tired. But when we wait on the Lord, we get that strength. But there's something, I think, else here that we need to understand. I remember as a child of going into an airplane for the very first time. You know, you remember that? I mean, most of us have flown at least once. Go back to that time you remember seeing yourself fly the first time. And you got in, and there was always a big fight in my family because there was, you know, six of us total, four kids, two parents. And there was always basically, you know, we would go six, you know, so there's three seats. There was only two window seats. And you wanted a window seat. You remember that? Because, I mean, there was something great about getting in the plane, and you go up into the air, and then you begin to look down. And the thing I've noticed about that, I still always love to fly. And when I do, I do the same thing every time. I love to look out the window because everything above me has gotten really, really, really small. You realize that? Now, maybe you fly all the time. Some people do it very often, you know. But here's the deal. Like, I haven't forgotten that. I like that because I always get a kick out of things that seem so big on the ground when you begin to get up into the air, it seems so small and insignificant. And I believe one thing that God wants you to understand is when he gives you that strength to fly like an eagle, he's giving it to you so you have the ability to soar so far above the issues and the problems in your life that when you have waited on the Lord and you've allowed that strength to come, even huge problems seem small and insignificant. And I'm not saying those problems shouldn't be fixed or you know, looked at and dealt with and things like that or that they're not a big deal. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, is when we wait on God and we get that strength, they become so much smaller. Here's why. Because in the scope of eternity, they obviously will get smaller. 
They become a situation where instead of something being massively important in the temporal, we have an understanding of the eternal and we go, you know what? That just doesn't matter that much. You know what? God has something better or something greater for me than those things. You can tell, I'm listening, you can literally tell sometimes people who have waited on the Lord and they've allowed that strength to change their perspective. And that, I think, is what God really wants us to see this morning. Is when he gives you the strength to fly like an eagle, he's doing it to change your perspective of the issue you are facing. You go, Aaron, but I'm facing a very serious problem. And I'm not trying to belittle that problem. But I'm just trying to help you understand in the scope of God's economy, he's got it. You say, but Aaron, I got this cancer that's, that's ravishing my body, and I don't know what to do. The doctor has said, I don't have a long time to live, and I'm telling you, I understand, and I'm, I, I hurt for you, and I weep with you, and we will pray for your healing. But here's what I know. God is going to heal you one way or another. It may be in this earthly body. You may get a brand new body, but there's a healing that's coming. But when we're in the middle of it, it can seem so big. Trust me, I have been in hospital rooms with people that are in that particular moment. You know what they say to me? I'm good. I win. God heals me, I win. God brings me home and heals me that way, I win. How can they be that way? They have learned how to wait on the Lord and soar like an eagle above it all. No matter what your issue is, God can give you that ability to soar over it. The second thing, we receive strength to run with purpose. Okay? We get strength to run with purpose. Now, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing we have to understand. Okay? It's one thing to have strength to run. It's another thing to have strength to run with direction and purpose. It's a completely different thing. You could be in a race, but if you are running the wrong way, you will not finish the race. Last night, yesterday, I got up in the morning, went on a bike ride. I had a race coming up myself, so I had to get, I'm getting ready for my race, okay? And so I hit the trail, and something horrible happened. There was a race going on. For the first seven miles, we had people running. It was awesome. The trail was busy. People seemed to forget that you run on the right side of the road. Road, right side, you know. Like I literally sometimes, as I'm riding my bike, I'm going, trying not to get angry. I'm like, maybe they're from Europe. Maybe they're from Europe. Maybe, you know. And it's, you know, it slows you down, you know, all these sort of things. And, and, and so they were running, you know, so basically they ran to one point. And then they had to run back. I don't know how far they were running. I don't know what it was. All I know is they had on numbers and they were running. And, and I think a, a few people didn't make it. But I think most of them made it. <laughs> and here's the deal. Like, like, there was a point in the race, okay, where it was somebody standing there. And they were going like this. They were like, this is, the, this is where you stop. And this is where you turn around and go back towards the finish line. There are so many of us who think what God has called us to do. And we just, we just start running. We're just off, like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go. And we get God sitting there. at the, This is the stopping point. This is where you stop and turn around, or you go left, or you go right. And we go right on through it. And then we just don't understand why we're so exhausted, spiritually speaking. 
It's because we're running, but we're running the wrong direction. We're not running with the purpose that we have. We have to understand this. We miss that. Michelle, I know I missed uh, the earlier point here, but I'll get this one in point two. This This is the purpose of the strength the Lord gives us. Strength to move forward and progress for Him. That's our direction. Okay, we're going to see in just a minute in Hebrews what that means. But here's the deal. I always look at it this way. Okay, Jonah was a great runner. He just ran the wrong way. And here's the deal. So many of us, let's just be honest. So many of us are great runners. But we don't always run the direction God wants us to run. And that strength that God gives us as we wait, he gives us that direction. He shows us those things. Listen, in Hebrews 12, it's a verse we've all seen many, many times. This is what it says. It says, let us run with endurance. Listen, this is important. Okay, again, this is one of those verses that we hear a lot. We have to look at what's being said. Okay, let us run with endurance. The race God has set before us. Listen. God has set your race course. Do not try to set your own race course. If you do, you will run the wrong race. You have to let God set it. How do we let God set it? We wait on the Lord. Okay? We wait on the Lord and let him show us. How do we do that? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So not only does God give us strength, and this is in your notes, and I know, I know I missed this. So if you want to jump back with me real quick, basically we look at the strength to fly like eagles. This is the measure of strength the Lord gives us. Strength to soar above everything else. We talked about that. This is the purpose of that. And that purpose is that direction that God gives us as we let ourselves follow and grow in Him. Our you say, Aaron, which way do I go? What course does God have me to run? He's real simple. You follow Jesus. Where he runs, you run. You've let him set your course. He turns left, you turn left. He turns right, you turn right. You go straight, he goes straight. You just follow him. You let him set the pace. And when we allow that to happen, that strength comes, that direction comes, and we have the ability to follow those things. Number three, the last third thing that Isaiah shows us, we receive strength to walk with Jesus. So we, it's interesting. We get strength to follow him, you know, to run with him. But now we have something a little bit different. We see this idea of walking with Jesus. This is the benefit. So we see the measure, the purpose, and now the benefit of the strength the Lord gives us. Strength to move towards deeper relationship and unity with him. And here's the deal. We're going to look at Colossians in just a second. Here's the deal. You would think that would be easy. But you know what? It's not always easy to walk along with somebody for many, many reasons. I have found this in, 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 in a long time of marriage and dating that my wife and I have this problem. Now, please, you know, you know calm down. We're okay. I'm not talking necessarily emotionally, even though sometimes it happens. I'm talking about literally physically. We have a hard time walking together because I tend to have this type of mentality. I, I, I tend to walk with purpose. That's, that's how I say it. That means I walk fast. And especially if I'm on mission, okay? Like I, we, we get to the mall. And we have to go to here, we have to go to here. I have a mission that has been set before me, and I am on mission. 
and I'm off. And, I, and, and Emily and Easton you know, are like literally jogging to keep up with me. And eventually Emily will go, can you please slow down? I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Slowing down, slowing down, slowing down. And usually here's what happens. To help me slow down, you know what she typically does? She doesn't yell at me, thankfully. She doesn't throw things at me, thankfully. She has something very, very important. She takes my hand. And we walk together. And you know what I've learned? I can't, if she can hold on to me and I'm going to hold on to her, there's, there's only so much distance that can get, now, can we get a little bit away? Sure, sure. Is that good? No, not necessarily. You know, it's best when we're, when we're right here and walking together and my pace and her pace work together. And here's how I, this is, you know, you know, so there's only so much distance that can happen. But listen, when we wait for the Lord, not only do we walk with Jesus, I think Jesus grabs us by the hand and he says, let's walk this thing together. For so many of us, we go through situations and circumstances, and because we're not willing to wait, we're not willing to let God's timing come, we take off, we release God's hand, and we're off, and we're like, and then here's what we do. We all do this. We go, we're, 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 Jesus, we're walking along, everything's great, la, 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 oh, everything's, oh, and we go way over here. This is my stopping point, I know. And Jesus is over there, and we're over here, and then what do we do? God, where are you? It's right there. We go back, and we walk, and we grab hands, and we walk together. Look at Colossians 2. Colossians 2, 6 through 7. It says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. And look what it says, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. We walk with Jesus. We, I, I remember that old song, and he walks with me, and he talks with me. That's what God wants to do in that waiting period. He wants to give you the ability to, to fly like an eagle, to let those problems just kind of to kind of be small because we have a, a new understanding and a new perspective. He wants us to have the ability to run in the direction that he wants us to run with purpose and direction. But he also wants us to walk with him and grow and be rooted in him. Holding hands as we walk through that season. Yeah, that's pretty important. Waiting is pretty important. There's a lot of good whys there. There's a lot of good things that God says, I want to give you if you're willing to wait. If you're willing to wait on me. That's the why. Now let's look at some application. Let's look at the how. How do I really do that? How do I really do that? How do I wait on the Lord? Well, look at Psalms 40. Psalms 40, in verse number one, it says, I waited patiently. You have your Bible, you have a pen, you have a highlighter, you have your thing on your phone. I want you to underline that word, patiently. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and heard my cry. How do we do it? We do it patiently. You go, well, but I don't like to be patient. I know. 
but that's the how. We wait patiently for the Lord to respond. We wait patiently for him to do that. But here's the deal. We have to understand it. Waiting on God, God requires patience. Patience with God, yourself, and others. This patience isn't just directed towards God, and we're going to see why in a minute, but also to ourselves and to others. Listen, sometimes I can be fairly patient with God, but I'm not very patient with Aaron. To wait on the Lord requires you to be patient on yourself as well. Because you'll tend to do something like this. I got to move. I got to do this. I got to do that for God. I got to do this for God. And instead of stepping back and going, wait a minute. I have to be patient with me because God's he's still working on me. He's still transforming me in those moments. We talked about that last week. He's still maturing me in the waiting period. And we also have to be patient with others because sometimes that can cause some issues if we're not. Patience on all of these areas in all of these individuals in our lives is so important. And it's so important that here's the interesting thing. I, I, I've done a lot of weddings and I don't know if I've ever done one where I didn't read from basically 1 Corinthians 13. That's the love chapter. I mean, if you're going to have a wedding... You know, usually I'll say, is there a scripture that you would like read? And pretty much everybody says, well, I like 1 Corinthians 13. I said, okay, we look at it. Well, let's look at it. I know nobody's getting married right now, but let's look at it. Look, look what God says. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Love is patient. It's the first one. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> nope. Because <laughs> you know what? I, 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 Wouldn't it be great? You know, I'm, doing my, I'm doing a wedding, and I say this. Open your Bibles. You know, we're going to read from 1 Corinthians, the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13, starting with verse number 4. Love is romantic. Love is making googly eyes at someone else. Love is sweet. Love is kind. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, that's in there. Love is kind. Nope. First thing, love is patient. Like God's like, listen, I know you're just going to be read in thousands and millions of weddings. I'm going to hit you right between the eyes. You better be patient if you're going to love somebody. First thing, love is patient. So what's that mean? If love is patient, that means patience is love. You ever see it that way? Not just love, you know, kindness. Kindness is love. All those things work together. So here's the deal. So be patient with someone is to love them. So patiently waiting on the Lord is loving the Lord. Have you ever seen it that way? Because I know I haven't. I look at it like, look, God, I'm doing you a favor by waiting on you to get moving, to get with my program. Patiently waiting on the Lord is loving on him. When God patiently waits on us, he's loving us. Remember what it says, I believe, in 2 Peter. I can't remember if it's first or second, where basically Peter says, listen, God is not slow in his promises as some would see slowness. What's that mean? Patience. God is not patient with you, but instead he is patient because he wishes that none should perish and that all will come to repentance. You know what I see in that? Real simple. Patience equals God's love for you. He is waiting for people. Why, listen, I'll sit there so many times and say, God, anytime you want to come back and get us all out of this place, I'm ready. Let's go. And when God every once in a while has, you know, the kindness to not smack me upside the head, but just actually respond to that, I get that verse. 
I'm waiting because not all have come to repentance. There's a love there. So we have to understand that we start here how it starts with a patience and a love of God. Listen, I'm going to be flat out honest with you, and I know I can speak for myself here. If you have a problem being patient with God, you are not loving him to the fullest extent that, he can, that you could. You go, oh, that's, that's kind of mean. No, it's not. It's just truth. And I know we all do it. We all have to get better, but God wants to help us in this. It's one of the reasons we're looking at these things together. We, I, listen, I don't know about you, but I want to love God well. And one way I can do better at loving God is to learn to patiently wait on Him. You know what I mean? Not, not Veruca's salt. I want it now and stop my foot. But instead have the attitude of, Father, I know you love me. Father, I know you have great things for me. I know you have good. You have blessing, not curses. I am, I am the head, not the tail. I believe those things. And God, I know that if this is a waiting season, your purposes are perfect. And God, I will wait on you patiently with expectation, knowing the good things that you have in store for those who are called according to your purposes. Listen, you ever been in the store and you see the little child that's Veruca Salt, but then you see the other child and they're not. They're patient. Listen, I know that sometimes before God, I'm, I'm both. I want to do better in this area and love God in a different way. But let's, let's, let's kind of put this bow. Let's kind of continue to kind of give us some application. I, to do that, I want to give us three real simple, practical ways to be patient with God as we wait on God and yourself and others. Okay? So let's look at these together. To do this, we just three simple things we need to do to help us. Number one, you need to patiently get rid of distractions that keep you from Jesus. Okay? You need to patiently get rid of distractions. Listen, I believe this is the number one reason that people have a hard time waiting on God. It's distractions. Listen, many of you know this. We have a, a new puppy at home. He's still a puppy. And so we've been trying to train our puppy and how to walk on a leash and do all these sort of things. And we've, we've discovered something that's very interesting and very normal. So we're, we're off on our walk and, and Echo's chilling and everything's fine. And we're on point, we're on mission, we're focused, we're doing great. Everything's fine until something horrible happens. A butterfly flies by doesn't even have to be a squirrel you know I mean just a butterfly and I mean it's like from from focus on the walk it becomes ooh, fluttery ooh, shiny ooh, different I believe one of the reasons the number one reasons why so many of us have that issue is we get distracted from what God has for you and I we, we instead of focusing on the better thing the walk if that makes sense our walk with him and our walk and our waiting God basically sometimes what happens a butterfly will come out of nowhere and all of a sudden it's oh I want to see the butterfly oh I got to catch the butterfly no 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 we're walking we're focused and we're waiting we've got to find ways of getting rid of distractions now here's the deal I, I know this may come as a shock to you 
And I'm glad, once again, I always, if you're new here, you know, I always kind of once in a while bring these mind-blowing revelations to the, to the people of the church. Don't laugh. How dare you? Anyway, mind-blowing revelations, so I'm glad you're seated. But your phone, wait for it, has an off button. Now, I know it is much harder, at least I have, a, I have an iPhone, it is much harder to find out how to actually turn the silly thing off than it used to be. Do you really think that's on accident? Like, I'm serious, like, how do I turn this off? Like, I hold this button, it takes a picture. That used to be the button to turn it off. I got to, okay, hold this button, this button. They go off. Like, completely. You know, like, oh, well, yeah, it has a silent function. No, no, no. Off. Now, listen, I love my phone. I'm not, I'm, you know, it gets me places and texts and all. But you know what? Listen, hear me here. Don't, this, isn't, this isn't some old, you know, guy yelling about phones. Sometimes we need to turn that silly thing off and wait on the Lord. Hear it. Hear me here. This is not, I got one too. This is not go out and burn all your telephones. No. But sometimes it needs to be turned off. It needs to be put away. Because it can be such a distraction to us. And sometimes, listen, I, I just, and again, I don't like to speak for myself. I think there are times where God is sitting there, Aaron, 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 I'm, I need your attention here. I need you to focus here. I need you to see this. And I'm going, God, just wait one second. got to just look one more thing. What am I doing? Well, I, I need to see the sports score right now? Right now? I need to make sure I look at this email right now when God is trying to get my attention. We need to learn how to do that. And again, I have one too. I'm not, I have to work on this too. Don't, boy, he really hates phone. No, I really like my phone. I just have to do better. And I think most of us have to do better with the ability to turn it off for a while. You want to wait on the Lord you have to remove distractions. And I'm just giving you one that we all know very, very well. Look at Luke 10. I love this portion of Scripture. Luke 10, listen to what it says. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed her into her home. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Look at verse 40. But Martha was distracted with so much serving. Look at what Martha, listen, she's invited Jesus into her home. Now I want you to stop for a second and realize kind of maybe some depth here that we're seeing. I remember as a child, what did we do? We invited Jesus into our heart, didn't we? We accepted him. I think this is deeper here. I think when I see Mary and Martha here, I see a person who is, this is not towards the people that don't know Jesus. This is to the people that do know Jesus. They, she's invited him in. She's invited him in, but she is so distracted. Listen, what's she distracted with? Serving. You realize that you can get so busy working for Jesus that you don't even know who he is? You can spend, oh, well, well, listen, I, you know, going back to the phone, you know, listen, I, I use my phone to listen to podcasts. I listen to, I, I listen to 45 sermons today. Awesome. And have you actually met with Jesus? Jesus. 
And he went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to what? Once again, serve alone. Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. <laughs> you are anxious and troubled about many things. But listen, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. You've got to get rid of the distractions because here's the deal. Jesus is here and he wants to have a conversation with you. He wants to spend time with you. Now listen, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Should we serve? Absolutely. But not at the expense of spending time with Jesus. Sometimes people come to me and they say, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this. And I'm like, that's awesome. That's great. Six months. Listen, I've had people leave this church because I've said six months. Because they come out of hard, just really difficult situations and seasons in their lives. And I've said, no, no, you need to just wait on the Lord. You need to sit at Jesus' feet for a while. It's okay. In six months, we can get busy. And I've had people say, nope, I'm out. I've got to be busy for Jesus. No, the best thing is to get into Jesus' feet. Because here's what will happen. When you get at Jesus' feet, when the time is ready to serve, you're going to be that much more effective because you know who you're serving. Wait and let it happen. It'll happen. Number two, you need to learn to patiently wait alone with God. There's a lot of us, man, we don't like being alone. But listen to what it says. Psalm 62, 5 through 7. Let all that I am wait patiently before him, for my hope is in him. Again, if you have, I know this is an NLT, your translation may be a little bit different, but if you can, underline these words. He alone, underline those words. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from, again, underline it, God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. So many of us want to wait on God, but we don't want to do it alone because we don't like always being alone. But listen, this is important. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going, to, I'm going to jump ahead. I'm going to confuse you in about five seconds, five minutes. Just wait for it, okay? But this is important that you get this first. There's times where we need to get alone with God and realize He is all we need. For some of us, we live lives. We may not say it out loud, but we live this way. We say, God, I need you and my spouse. God, I need you, and make sure I got enough money in the bank account. God, I need you, and something else. You know, listen, spouse is awesome. Being financially secure, that's great. Those aren't bad things. But remember what Jesus said earlier, only one thing is necessary. Some of us have to be willing to say, you know what, if really wait on God, I need to basically wait on Him and Him alone. A lot of us, like, we'll sit there and say, God, I'm going to wait for you and the promotion at work. No. No. God, I'm going to wait for you and the healing. Again, 
They don't want bad things. But when we look at what we're seeing in the Psalms, what we're seeing is this concept that alone, God alone is my salvation. God alone is these things. And we have to let him be that. But here's the bottom line. I'm going to write it out as simply as I possibly can. When you get to the point in your life where you realize that everything you need is in God alone, you will spend alone time with God. I will just, it's real simple. If you go, Aaron, I have a really hard time being alone with God. I have a hard time spending quiet time alone with God. You know that what I'm going to kind of tell you, what I'm going to ask you to look at? I'm going to say, what areas in your life are you looking at basically saying, God and? God and. Because the closer you realize, when you get more and more aware that, God, you are all that I need, you become more and more comfortable, more and more welcoming, more and more a desire in your life to spend that alone time with him. Listen, I love that, 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 that well, again, we're going to get there in a second. About five minutes, I'm going to confuse you. But we start here. We have to get alone with God. We have to get alone with him. Remove the distractions and get alone with him because there are things that God desires to share with you and you alone. You realize that? There are things that God wants to share. There are secrets and things that God wants to share from his heart to yours. You ever, you ever started dating someone? And maybe, you know, you, you started, but you started with a double date? Oh, those are fine. But you know what I found what typically happens if the double date goes well? You don't want to go on another double date. You want it to be just you and them. You have more intimate discussions. You, you, you come closer when it's just the two of you. You know? So many of you, you listen, with your relationship with Jesus, you have a third wheel. I don't know what your third wheel is, but you got one. And I know at times I do too. Uh, you know what? At times you have to kind of look at the third wheel and go, you know what? I need some alone time with my Jesus. And let that come. Some of you, that will really help you as you patiently wait on the Lord. Now here I go, I'm going to confuse you. You ready? Number three, you learn to patiently wait on the Lord together with other believers. You're going to wait a minute. You just spent five minutes talking about how we should be alone. Yep, yep, yep. And now you're saying we should be together? Yep, 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 yep. It's both. You do it alone, but you also do it together. There's so much value in both of these things. Look at Psalms 133, 1 through 3. I love this verse. It says, how wonderful and pleasant. Aren't those lovely words? How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. Oh, harmony, yes. Yes, harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Now let's stop here for a second. I gotta break this down because we're not Jewish. I want you to understand the context of this. This is extremely important. 
What is basically saying here, what the psalmist is wanting us to see is that anointing oil that basically was kind of a picture of the Holy Spirit back in the Old Testament was being poured on Aaron's head. And it was not just poured on his head. It wasn't just a little bloop. It was poured on that it would run all the way down through his beard, through his robe. It was just this anointing and this covering that would be happening. It was the anointing of God. That was taking place. And what the psalmist is saying is like when harmony, when unity, when people walk together in these things, there is an anointing that comes. Hold on to that thought. We're not done. Let's continue. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. Now, here's the deal. I've talked about this before, but it was several years ago. So some of you have heard this, some of you haven't. When we read this today, we're going, okay, great, mountains and, 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 and dew, isn't that lovely? No, 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 you have to understand something, okay? Mount Hermon is a very, very large mountain, large mountain, okay? So when the readers of this or the song, when people would sing it, when they would think of Mount Hermon, they would think of Mount Evans, got it? Big old thing, large mountain, 14er type of situation. I don't think it's that big, but you know what I'm talking about. Okay, Mount Zion is a little hill, okay? This will help you. I grew up in Kansas City. I grew up in Missouri. You know, we have hills that we call the Ozark Mountains. They're not. They're hills. Mount Zion, same idea. It's a little hill compared to a 14er. And what basically is being said here is, listen, when you live in unity and harmony together, it's like all the dew that's on that 14er is deposited on the hill. What do you think is going to happen to the hill? It's going to be flooded out. There is a flooding that would have taken place they would have heard that and gotten it immediately but for us we don't know about mount Hermon. we don't know about mount zion we just go oh isn't that nice isn't that a nice picture no there's something deeper here there's a flooding that god wants to do there's an anointing and a blessing and a flooding because here's the deal you remember this is an this is a, a, a area they, they survive by farming water matters they need it to drink they needed for their livestock to drink, and they needed to grow food. This was the ultimate blessing in a lot of ways, when it would rain. There's so many instances in the Old Testament where God says, if you do not follow my commandments, the rain will cease. But if you will, man, the rain will come. What is this verse really saying? It's really simple. It's in your notes. When we patiently wait on the Lord together, there is an anointing and a blessing that you cannot get by yourself. Do you get it? You can't have harmony alone. That's called a solo. If you're going to sing in harmony, there's got to be parts that sing together. Listen, there is an anointing and a blessing, hear me, that comes from us and God alone. But there is an anointing and a blessing when we come together. And for some of you, you have been waiting on the Lord and you, you've removed distractions. You, awesome. You got alone with God? Sweet. But you think you can do it alone and you can't. Here, well, Aaron, well, uh, yes, yes, I can. No, scripturally, you can't. You need each other. 
We need each other. There is a blessing and anointing that only comes when we come together. Listen, I know in my own life, there have been moments where I've been waiting on the Lord and, and, and there is such, an, again, an anointing and a blessing when there are people in my life that are waiting with me, that are praying with me, that are holding me up. And for some of you, man, listen, you, you've been waiting on something and you've just kept your mouth shut. And you I'm, I'm gonna deal with this on my own. I've got it on my own. It's just me and God. And you realize that that's, listen, hear me here, that's not biblical. I'll just, I'll just spell it out for you. You, you. you know, it's not biblical. So we shouldn't neglect the gathering of ourselves together where two or more are gathered in my name. When brothers work in harmony, that's three right there. You want more? There is something special. There is something holy. There is something transformational that God loves to do when believers get together. Listen, you can read your scripture at home, and you should. You can listen to Christian music and, and worship music at home, and you should. But there's something special about gathering together in God's name, whether it be at a picnic or a service. God wants to use it. God wants to work in our hearts, in our lives, in those moments together as iron sharpens iron. You can't sharpen iron with one piece. You've got to have two. And listen, here's the deal. I'm not saying that you need to have that type of relationship with everyone. But you need to have that relationship with several people. It's important. People that can be there, that can love you, hold you up, and here, wait with you. I love in Romans where it says, we, we, I believe it's Romans, where we weep with those that weep and we rejoice with those who rejoice. You can't do that if you're not in relationship with people and know if they're rejoicing or weeping. There's something powerful in this, folks. And for some of us, we wanted to wait and we kind of got the waiting on the low. Okay, I know that. We got to spend time with Jesus. Yes, I know that. We, every day. That's right. Good. Awesome. That's right. You are waiting without others. And because of that, it's causing you more stress and a harder time to wait on the Lord than you need. There is something so powerful that after... And here's the deal. I put this in this order for a reason. Okay? We remove distractions, we get alone with God, and then we get with others. Sometimes we get that order mixed up and it causes issues. Let's not. We get alone with God first, but we don't neglect the gathering of ourselves together because powerful things happen when we come together in the name of Jesus, when we wait together. Anointings and blessings come that I know God has for you and me. Let's bow our heads. Let's go ahead and close. Again, this morning, we just talked about the why and the how. As we continue on the series, we'll look at some other things, but, but you know what? I just felt like as, as last week, as we kind of brought in this, this series and kind of did kind of an intro on what God does in our waiting time in that season, I felt like, you know, at least for me, like, I've always heard this, but I don't always know what it means or why it's important or, 
or, or even how to do it. And I just believe that God very simply wanted to help us in this area. And here's the deal. I, I think that for some of us, you know, maybe, maybe we, we, we kind of got the why or, or we didn't, and, and now hopefully we have, but, but the how was always kind of like maybe we knew, okay, I know I need to get alone with God. You know, like I got to wait on Him, so that means be with Him. But we've forgotten about other things or distractions or, or maybe for some of us, like, like we don't go to God. Like we always just run to other people. And, and we're not, here's the deal, in that moment we're not really waiting on God. We kind of got it out of order. Again, it, it's important to go to people, but the order has to be right. But here's the deal, I believe that, that again, just in as I mentioned in the very beginning, in conversation and just life with people that, that I have uh, that are here and that are online, you know, I know that there are some people right now that are waiting on the Lord. And for some of us, we, we need to make sure that we're doing it in the way that, that God has asked us to do it so that we can fly and run and walk with Him, that we can allow Him to let that time be a time of growth, not just a time of waiting, so that we really can allow the waiting on the Lord to not be a curse, but to really be a blessing. And that's hard, and we need His help. So as we close, I'm just going to ask you a couple of simple questions. Number one, have you forgotten the, the why? Maybe for some of us, we, we, we know we're supposed to wait on the Lord, but it has just honestly kind of become kind of a religious duty kind of a thing. There's no life behind it. It's just kind of, you know, we've kind of forgot the meaning. We've kind of forgotten what God really wants to do in that. We've forgotten that, that we do need sometimes that strength, that we are going to get tired. And we've forgotten the importance of the waiting on God. And we need to, to once again get realigned with the why. And for some of us, we, we need to kind of get more in line with the how. You know, maybe for some of us, we, we have forgotten that concept that, that patient is love and love is patience. And so it all starts, obviously, from, from a love of the Father. It all starts with His love for us. But then as we move into the how, maybe... Maybe we're just, we're just too distracted, you know? Like, we, we want to wait on the Lord. We know we do, but, but distractions just come from, from life or from other areas or whatever, and it's just, you know, we just need to learn how to, to have the Lord help us remove some distractions for our lives. It doesn't mean that we basically kind of go back to this, but, but it doesn't mean we turn the phone off for 10, 10, 10 days, but maybe it's just, hey, we need to turn the phone off for 30 minutes and just get with the Lord. Maybe when we come to church, we, we, we leave it off unless we're using it for the Bible or something. You know, we just, we just don't use it so we can focus on being around each other. Whatever it might be, we just got to remove distractions and you realize, man, I really need to do that. For some, maybe being alone with God's hard. Maybe you're not, you, don't always, you always feel like, I don't know how to do it or I don't know what that looks like. You know, listen, there's not really a right or wrong way. You know, I would always say, listen, just mirror it after, you know, a church service. Maybe have a little worship music, worship him, have some time in prayer and get in your word. It's real simple. You don't have to make it complicated. But for some of you, it's hard to do that. You always tend to run to others instead of just running first to God.
and for others. Maybe you do great running to God, but you've just put up some barriers and you just won't let anybody else in. I'm going to deal with this on my own. Other people I've shared this with and they've hurt me or whatever it might be. Listen, there's an anointing and a blessing that comes when we come together in unity, in one heart, in one mind. It's always something to remember, but, you know, the Holy Spirit fell when they were in one accord together. A blessing and an anointing came. So wherever you're at, listen, God wants to help you. God's not mad at you. God's not sitting there tapping his foot saying, how dare you or why couldn't you get this right? No, he's a loving father. But he loves us enough to say, I want to help you change in some of these areas if you're willing to let him help you. Because that's what he desperately wants to do. Not guilt, not shame, but a conviction that draws you closer to him. That's what he does. That's what he wants. And so maybe, maybe one of those areas, maybe several of those areas, you would say, you know what? God's kind of dealing with my heart. The Holy Spirit's kind of dealing with my heart. And I know there's maybe an area I need to work on. Listen, as I pray over you, will you just pray and just ask God to help you there? It doesn't have to be complicated or difficult. It's just a child calling out to his dad saying, you know, Dad, I'm, I need to do better here. Will you help me? Can you help me figure out ways to, to make this better? Will you change my mentality or my perspective on this so that I can wait on you the way you want so that it will be a time of growth in my life? Wherever you're at, just pray with me as I pray over you. Father, we love you and we thank you. And God, there's a lot of why, there's a lot of how here, and we're not going to get into him again. We've talked about him enough. But God, I pray that God, whoever is praying right now, that God, we know you hear their prayer. We know that you desire to help them in these areas. Father, waiting on you isn't easy, but I would say it's a necessity to a follower of Jesus. And God, some of us, we need to do better here. We need to learn how to wait on you. Because sometimes in our desire to not wait, we move ahead and problems come like we talked about last week. But Father, when we wait, great things take place. God things take place. Miracles take place. And God, that's what we want in our heart and in our church and in our families and in our communities and in our world. Not good things, God things. And so for some of us, God, that you have birthed something in, that we're waiting for that to come forth. God, I pray that our waiting time would be a waiting time of growth, but also a waiting time where we allow you to do in us all that needs to be happening so we're ready for when you say, now is the time. You're so good. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for allowing there to be times and seasons of waiting in our hearts. Help us, God, to know those are not curses from you. They are blessings from you and to respond accordingly. You're so good and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, listen, thank you so much for being here this morning. Remember a couple of announcements. Uh, prayers on Wednesday this week. Also, this coming Sunday. It's a great way to spend time 
together uh, at the picnic and have some good food and great fellowship. If you haven't signed up for something to bring and you're going to come, please do that so we can have that planned out. It would really be awesome. So again, thank you for being here. For those that are online, man, we love you. We miss you. We hope that you're doing well wherever you are at and know that uh, you are not forgotten and we love you very much. For the rest of you, love you. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.